0: to find some sports content today and then on a platter ESPN delivers it in the form of rumors or at least it's not really rumors it's more of a suggestion of a possible trade of Baker Mayfield for Aaron Rodgers (laughs) it's the silly season uh usually that's pre-draft but now we enter the um the drought of actual sports news unless you really care about baseball, unless your hockey team's deeply into the NHL playoffs, which if you're a Blue Jackets fan, that's definitely not the case. Spring practice is over. NCAA tournament is over. So we are searching for headlines. And if we can't really find any headlines, well, we'll just make them up if we're ESPN or other big uh, entities. And I'm not averse to commenting on them if I find them interesting, because as I tell you all the time, I'm in the interesting business. So we will talk about uh, Baker Mayfield, Aaron Rodgers, could it happen, should it happen, what if it would happen, all those kinds of things. Before we get into that and a faith portion of the podcast today that I really gave a lot of thought to, and I'm not exactly sure how it's going to come out, but uh, my thoughts have crystallized here in the last hour or so, and I'm very appreciative of that, and I hope that you'll find it instructive and uh, perhaps um, a bit of an a call to accountability for all of us. Uh, amid this time of uh, a lot of talking, but not much listening. Very good. So I hope you've been listening to me when I talk about Hemisphere Coffee Roasters because they're the longest-running sponsor of the podcast, and the reason they are is because you guys have responded. They're not going to continue to uh, advertise on the podcast if they're not getting orders. So one way you can support our podcast without giving to our Patreon page or anything like that is to just patronize our sponsors. And, hey, with Hemisphere, you get great coffee and you get it at a discount 15% off when you use the promo code WE TACKLE LIFE in all caps. So please do that, WE TACKLE LIFE in all caps when you order at hemispherecoffeeroasters.com. I love their mission, I love how they do their mission where they invest in coffee growers plantations in poor areas around the world and then those growers circulate that money in the local economy and great things happen. Yes, capitalism works everywhere and Hemisphere has discovered that after doing what I call hovering ministry, where they go in and do everything for someone. It is a truism of the human condition that we don't appreciate things that are done for us as much as things that we do for ourselves. And Hemisphere is equipping people with the monetary resources to do those things for themselves. So I love what they do, and their coffee's awesome. Hunter's Blend, House Blend, newest flavor, bourbon barrel-aged coffee, Java Blues, Jamaica Me Crazy— Those are some of your favorites, so order HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com and make sure you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. Before we get to Baker Mayfield and Aaron Rodgers, uh, big news out of the OHSAA. The OHSAA, Ohio High School Athletic Association, seems to be able to generate a big headline like every week. Two weeks ago, it was expansion of the football playoffs from, uh, let's see, it's eight teams per region to 16 I remember when they used to take two per region, or maybe even one per region. Um, I don't love that. Uh, I would like to have seen them do an interim step, go from 8 to 12, and give a couple teams buys in the first round. They're doing it for money, but they didn't really say they're doing it for money. Then they moved the uh, basketball tournament, or, or awarded the Girls and Boys State Basketball tournament last week to UD Arena. For the next three years, which I like that. I loved the tournament when it was at St. John Arena. Value City Arena is just too big for the state boys and girls basketball tournaments. The acoustics are such that it doesn't sound loud in there. And you're only going to fill that for a state basketball tournament if you have uh, John Diebler against LeBron. You know, So that doesn't come along very often. Although there is a young man in Ohio who's going to be a five-star nationally and everybody's going to want him. His name is Austin Parks out of St. Mary's. He's a really, really, really special player. Uh, but I like UD, uh, the tournament was at UD last year. They allowed about what? 2,000 people in there, 2,500 people. It sounded great with that many people in there. It's going to sound super when it's hopefully packed to the gills, uh, in March of 2022. Uh, people, the complaint against UD is there's nothing to do around it. There's nothing to do around value city either. And there's restaurants on old and Tansy river road, but can't walk to them. So if you got to get in your car, parking is way better at UD Arena. Uh, So I just think, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a good move, I think, given where the OHSAA is financially. And then now today comes another blockbuster out of Columbus, which is the OHSAA is going to charge its member schools to be members. And this one will be interesting to see how schools take it. The fee I, don't, I can't say if it's manageable because I don't know what finances are at the schools coming off a pandemic. Probably not good, right? It's $50 to the OHSAA per varsity sport in high school. So you don't have to pay for the number of sports you offer in junior high, but if you offer girls' soccer, uh, girls' basketball, volleyball, field hockey, girls' track, that's five sports You'd owe two hundred fifty bucks for those. You'd probably offer five or more for boys. A lot of places offer a lot more than that. Let me see here. Let's count them up. Let's go: football, basketball, baseball, golf, tennis, track, soccer. Uh, that's seven. At most schools, I think you're going to have those. Uh, maybe swimming. Uh, that's eight. I'm sure there are schools that offer more than that. Some offer hockey. Would be nine. So a thousand bucks. They think the no one will owe more than thirteen hundred bucks. Although that's hard for me to believe because I just named eight on the boys' side. Maybe it's fifty bucks per boys and girls, but I doubt it. They need money. And good for them, they're admitting they're doing it because they need money. You you're better off being honest with people. Hey, that's going to be a theme of the faith portion of the podcast later. So that's A big deal, and it will be very interesting to see how people react, schools react, rural schools whose ticket sales were dramatically cut, inner city schools whose ticket sales were maybe eliminated because of the pandemic, how they react to having to pay to be OHSAA members. This this does open the OHSAA up to a rival organization being created to rival them. You know, maybe hey, we'll start an association over here. Here are our rules. You can recruit, you can do this, you can do that. We're only going to have X number of divisions. We'll only be for this many sports. When you when you rattle the cage of your membership by asking them to pay you and they haven't paid you in years, anything's possible. Anything. So, stand by for that and we'll have it covered for you on pressprosmagazine.com. pressprosmagazine.com. All right. Uh, Before we get to Baker Mayfield and Aaron Rodgers, I hope you'll get to auinfo.com. Their website's very helpful, particularly for business owners. If you're trying to retain employees, everybody's trying to attract employees now. One way you can do it besides with wages is with great benefits. And you say, well, I'm such a small business, I can't afford great benefits. What if you had the buying power of a big business? You can if you belong to a bigger organization that buys its insurance as a group. These are chamber of commerce plans all members of a chamber of commerce, let's say in a certain area, pool their resources and buy insurance as a group. And these are the kinds of plans that a lot of business owners don't know about or have a mistaken notion about. They think, well, I'm a Columbus business. I have to belong to the Columbus chamber. I have to take the Columbus plan. Not true. Auiinfo.com set me straight on that. You can belong to any chamber in the state of Ohio and have any chamber plan. So why join your local chamber if you don't go to the meetings? You're just joining to get the insurance. Why belong to that chamber if its fees are two thousand bucks when you could belong to a smaller chamber in another little area, pay two hundred bucks and still have access to the plan? These are the kinds of things auiinfo.com knows that you as a business owner don't know. We try to draw logical conclusions. I would think it's logical. I live here. I got to belong to this chamber. I got to take that plan. Not the case. Auiinfo.com very smart. Also smart on individual insurance. And the best thing, the best thing, the best thing, you don't pay them. They get paid by the insurance companies. So remember, auiinfo.com, and they can do health, life, dental, vision, disability, all the insurances for you. Draw up an employee handbook. Offer you HR counseling, 300 modules to improve your HR stuff. Let auinfo.com take all that off the table for you, and you don't pay. So whoop-de-doo. Great, great, great service. auinfo.com. All right. All right. Baker Mayfield, Aaron Rodgers. Where did this come from? All right, ESPN with Aaron Rodgers being upset, mad, pouting about the Packers drafting Jordan Love a year ago, which, by the way, did you see what Terry Bradshaw said about that? He basically said Aaron Rodgers is weak for worrying about the fact that the Packers drafted Jordan Love. Now, in hindsight, should the Packers have told Aaron Rodgers, hey, we really like Jordan Love as your replacement down the road, so if we get the chance to trade up and get him, we're going to do that. Rather than Aaron Rodgers sitting there expecting the Packers to take, you know, tight end, wide receiver, offensive lineman, running back, to help him, and they take a backup quarterback. (laughs) Yes, they should have filled him in. Some guys are important enough you need to fill them in. Okay, but the Packers screwed it up. They didn't tell him. All right, fine. So now Aaron Rodgers got to get over it. Not getting over it. He decides this year, very passive-aggressive, very Aaron Rodgers, to leak it out that, well, I'm not going to play for them anymore. I want to be traded right before the draft. Too late to really do anything about it if they want to get a good deal. So they're hoping to work this out. And because they're at odds and fighting and bickering and snarking each other, of course, it opens up the what-if scenarios. And ESPN decides they'll write a story, the seven best destinations for Aaron Rodgers. And number five on the list is the Cleveland Browns. Now, that's pretty close to the last of the seven, so I don't know how realistic it is, but just fun, fun to talk about. Would I trade Baker Mayfield and two ones for Aaron Rodgers? Yes, I would. Oh, I know all you people who listen in Cleveland and are Browns fans say, oh, you're crazy, Aaron Rodgers is in his late 30s, and Baker Mayfield is in his fifth year, and he got us to the playoffs last year, and he won us to playoffs last year, and we can win a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, you can, maybe. But do you feel better about being able to win a Super Bowl with this team right now? Teams don't stay, you know, static. They, Odell Beckham gets older. Jarvis Landry gets older. Nick Chubb gets older. everybody, Jack Conklin gets older. Everybody gets older. And the Cleveland Browns' window to win a Super Bowl is probably two years. Two, maybe three. Strike while the iron's hot. Is Aaron Rodgers a better quarterback in the next two to three years than Baker Mayfield? Yeah, he is. He's the reigning MVP. So if you can get Aaron Rodgers for just Baker Mayfield and two ones, I'm doing that without a second thought. Without a second thought. Because Aaron Rodgers has been there. He's won a Super Bowl. Now, I actually think he's kind of underachieved in his career, but I don't blame him for underachieving. I blame the Packers for not putting enough talent around him. And That sure wouldn't be the problem with the Cleveland Browns. They got a lot of talent on offense. Aaron Rodgers has never had a running back like Nick Chubb. He's had good wideouts. I don't think he's ever had a wideout like Odell Beckham. Um, Browns have David Njoku. Browns have, I mean, the Browns have serious talent around him, man. So do you want to win a Super Bowl? That's what are you building toward? Are you building toward being a playoff team? And maybe being able to beat the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes? You couldn't beat the Chiefs with Chad Henney. You want to go into a shootout against Patrick Mahomes fully healthy where the Chiefs aren't stupid and run him and get him concussed in the playoff game, so they have to babysit the rest of the game with Chad Henney? Or do you want to have Aaron Rodgers slinging it around and bringing fear to opposing defenses because he can survey the field and find all your options? I mean, you can't even. I mean, I can't even. I can't even fathom how you would not trade Baker Mayfield and two ones for Aaron Rodgers. That's essentially what the Niners traded to get Trey Lance. That's what the Rams traded to get Sam Bradford. Who else? That's kind of the going rate. Three ones for a quarterback. That's what the Bears traded to get Justin Fields. Like you're getting, you're paying the same price for Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Sam Bradford, and other quarterbacks. And you're getting Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback in the league. It's a no brainer. And he's, Browns fans, they are so in love with Baker. Baker has been washed in the healing waters. I used to talk about this on my radio show at ESPN Cleveland. No market, no fan base, no city magnifies the ordinary into the extraordinary, like the Cleveland fan base. I used to refer to this phenomenon as being Clevelandized. If you're I mean, how far back do we have to go? Joe Charbonneau, Peyton Hillis, Lloyd Free, Andy Verigau, um, I mean, on and on and on, right? Uh, Omar Vizquel, all good players. But like Indians fans used to argue, oh, I'd rather have Omar than Alex Rodriguez. I'd rather have Omar than Nomar Garciaparra. I'd rather have Omar than Derek Jeter. Why? Because Omar had been Clevelandized. I love Bernie Kosar, too, but they they Clevelandized Bernie. They Clevelandized Peyton Hillis. They Clevelandized Lloyd Free. They Clevelandized everybody. And they've Clevelandized Baker because he's better than the dreck that came between him and Bernie Kosar. But it doesn't mean he's anywhere close to Aaron Rodgers. That's just ridiculous. Like, get a clue, please. So, Baker's been Clevelandized, brother, and uh, Browns fans are not going to hear it. Oh, I wouldn't give up two. I'd give up two ones in a heartbeat. What did they give up two ones for? They traded up that horrible trade where they got Brandon Whedon and Greg Little and all those. Oh, for the Julio Jones. They took that for Julio. They they took that for the pick that became Julio Jones. So, uh, they didn't want Julio Jones. They traded that and got essentially nothing for it. So, yeah, man, I'm making that trade. I mean, I'm calling Green Bay today if I'm Andrew Barry. Hey, by the way, what do you think? <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. We'll see where that goes. Uh, another sponsor to remember, are our friends, Willis Spangler Starling. They're the attorney firm of choice. Willis Spangler Starling, they'll do a great job. If you want to get a flavor of what um, their expertise is and how easy they are to talk with, tune into my radio show on 9890 Answer on Friday night at 6 o'clock and we'll have the great Stan Willis on the show. Stan's a partner at Willis Spangler Starling. He founded the firm about 30 years ago. Uh, Kelly, Phil, Ashley, the other partners there, the associates, they are great. They are just great. They represent me in everything. I wouldn't think of going anywhere else because they're very easy to talk to. They understand the law. They explain it to me because I really like to understand uh, what's being done on my behalf or what I'm being insulated from when they protect my rights by reading contracts and things like that. So that's uh, right now, the time to retain, in your mind, if not actually between the two of you, retaining the services of Willis Spangler-Starling for the time when you need an attorney. WillisAttorneys.com. WillisAttorneys.com. Okay, one other quick sports note. Uh, Ibrahima Diallo's Ohio State basketball career is kerblewey. He is entering the transfer portal. So uh, Ibrahima was a project When Ohio State took him and he never really projected into anything other than just a backup. And I don't know if this is a way for Ohio State to go out now and get a rotational player in the uh, transfer portal to guard against Dwayne Washington and EJ Liddell crossing them up and going through, uh, going to the NBA and them being, you know, caught short or perhaps if it's just eh, Ibrahima Diallo looking for greener pastures, realized with Joey Brunk coming in, he's not going to play. And so he looks around elsewhere. Would I take another player? Yeah, I would. If I could get one, I'd take a shooter can never have enough shooters. So I'd get a shooter if I could. Uh, Because if Liddell doesn't come back, you still have enough size with Brunk, Kyle Young, Justice Suing, and those kinds of guys. But I'd go find somebody who could challenge Justin Arns for time. If you find a better player than Justin Arns, okay, so be it. Uh, Can't have too many good players. And like the perfect guy for me, remember Chondy Brown from Michigan? Phew. Be awake for us. Thankfully, he's not coming back for another year. Goodbye, Chandi. But that kind of a guy, you can find that kind of a guy, take him. 6'6", 6'7", 6'5", play both forward, swing to forward and guard, hit some threes, boom. Welcome to town. That would be my response to Ibrahima Diallo leaving. On the football side, the eye-opening departure is Jamison Williams. Not very often does a starting wide receiver In the national championship game, transfer to the team that beat you in the national championship game. But that is what is happening with Jamison Williams. Now, typically, when a guy leaves because he's not good enough to win a spot, he's not going to be able to go to Clemson or Alabama or Georgia or a place like that because if he's not good enough to win a spot at Ohio State, how's he going to win a spot there? But Bama has come off the most amazing run of wide receivers that I can ever remember. Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. Wow. And now they're caught a little bit short. And so Jamison Williams, who's looking at a wide receiver room packed to the gills, uh, he's looking for playing time. And Bama seems to be extending playing time. And so he's going to a place where he might step right in and start. Ohio State can weather his departure Bama will welcome his arrival, and so it's a good deal all the way around unless you run into him in the national championship game and he beats you because he is one of the fastest, if not the fastest, Ohio State wide receivers. He'll get coached well at Bama. He'll do well at Bama with Bryce Young at quarterback. So Jamison Williams off to Bama. Will we see a future time where guys transfer to Michigan? He looked at Michigan. So, yeah, we will. And I think this one-time transfer, immediate eligibility thing is going to make college football and college basketball so crazy on the recruiting front. It's essentially free agents for college athletes, and we're going to see super teams built, and it's not going to be good for the sport. I think it's going to turn fans off. We're on the cusp of it. Let it really get rolling. Let these players get another uh, year of understanding. I can go there and play right away. And you're going to see some really strange stuff. Will a Greg Newsome finish his career at Northwestern in the future? I have my doubts. I have my doubts. A Greg Newsome entering his senior year who's never played on a team that's championship worthy, he's going to look over at Ohio State and go, hmm, I could step right in there. They put guys in the NFL. Maybe I'll be in the college football playoff. Hmm, I can go to Clemson. Hmm, I can go to Bama. The rich are going to get richer, the poor are going to get poorer, and the middle are going to maybe get a little bit better. That will be what will happen when we talk about the future of recruiting guys who you thought you already recruited. Uh-uh. you got to recruit them again every single year. Speaking of getting better, you got a little pain you'd like to have go away. CBD health collection products can make it happen. CBD is an amazing, amazing thing. It's A homeopathic remedy for pain, for inflammation. CBD Health Collection, the makers of the Spielman CBD brand, friends of mine, uh, people with a medical background, a, a pharmaceutical background, started this company because they really believe in the health benefits of CBD. What I love about them is they're always innovating their products, and they don't raise the price And they make it affordable to you to get the very best CBD in whatever form it works best for you, which is warming salve, freeze gel, gummies, caplets, tinctures, sunscreen, uh, products with CBD that will relax you before you go to bed. Uh, If you do not get products that have THC in it, that is the intoxicant. So you can get CBD products without THC from CBD Health Collection. Most of their products are like that. You won't have to worry about any you know, drug test or anything like that. The levels are so minuscule. It's not going to affect you anyway. But a lot of people freak out about that. There's no need to. CBDHealthCollection.com. Use my promo code BRUCE and get 15% off. They have a retail store in Granville. Their website is awesome. They give you all the details on CBD Health Collection products, and um, you'll get the same relief that I do. I love it. CBD Health Collection products are fantastic. Just a few minutes before I took to the air yesterday afternoon for my radio show on 98.9 The Answer at 5 p.m., I became aware of the shooting death of another 16-year-old black girl in Columbus. Her name was Amira Truss. Amira Truss died three days after being shot in the head by a young man who she knew Uh, They were students together at Independence High School. They were in a car Saturday night, 11 p.m. We don't know what happened in the car. I don't know if this was he wanted her to um, return his affections, and she did not. I don't know if they were breaking up. I don't know if they had an argument. I just know that, according to Columbus police reports and media reports, uh, this young man shot her in the head with a handgun, then... Transported her to Mount Carmel East Hospital, and on the way, he threw the gun out the window. Got to the hospital, and he tried to say that he was rescuing her after she'd been shot. His story quickly fell apart, and they um, retained a confession from him or obtained a confession from him that he was, in fact, the shooter and her killer. This really hit me hard yesterday. I don't know. Um, what to say about this today. Yes, I, I i mean, I want to say it perfectly. I won't, I'm sure, but bear with me, because I had a lot of thoughts about it this morning. I spent a lot of time about it, thinking and praying and reading the Scripture and trying to think. Um, before I get into it, I, I ran across a very um, interesting and compelling piece of audio yesterday, an interview with a Canadian psychologist Jordan Peterson. Many of you have heard of Jordan Peterson, I'm sure. Jordan Peterson is uh, a guy who's attained a great deal of fame here uh, in the last five to ten years. His book, 12 Rules for Life, Jordan Peterson is a personal accountability advocate. Jordan Peterson is uh, a conservative who I think speaks powerfully, And here he speaks about the value of truth in your life. Jordan Peterson uh, came to be known because he spoke out against a Canadian law that made it illegal to um, refuse to use the preferred pronouns of transgender people, a biological male who wanted to be called she or things like that. Jordan Peterson argued against the merits of that being a law that outlawed hate speech. And for his <clears throat> candor, Jordan Peterson was um, persecuted by the Canadian government and, of course, was doxed by many people in um, the co- the the community, the world around him. Uh, he came from Harvard. You know that's not a popular opinion at Harvard. He was working at the University of Toronto. It's not a popular opinion with people from the University of Toronto. And so Jordan Peterson was on... Um, an interview with Tucker Carlson of Fox News, and Jordan Peterson was asked a question about: Has it been worth it for him? Because he's had nervous breakdowns and all kinds of physical problems, and um, psychological torment, and uh, attacks upon him and his family because he's taken a hard stand, an uncompromising stand for truth. Tucker Carlson asked him if the consequences of standing for truth has been worth whatever he received uh, from standing for truth. And this is Jordan Peterson's response, which will uh, apply to the situation that uh, I think surrounds the shooting death of Amira Truss and the shooting death of Micaiah Bryant.
1: I don't think I'm happy about what has happened, and I certainly have dragged my family through their fair share of, well, both hell and and also incomprehensible opportunity it's ex- expanded our lives in both directions to a tremendous degree but it's certainly been an adventure it's not been dull and i don't believe that it i don't believe that it was a mistake whatever happens as a consequence of telling the truth is the best thing that can happen it doesn't really matter how it looks to you at the moment, or maybe even across the years. Because you have to, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an article of faith in some sense. Do you believe that reality is better constituted as a consequence of truth or falsity? If you believe that reality is best constituted as a consequence of truth, then you have a responsibility to speak the truth. And you can't assess the consequences and say, well, that was a mistake because part of the decision that reality is best constituted as a consequence of the truth is the decision that no matter what happens is the best if it's a consequence of telling the truth. And so that's what I conclude. It's like this is what happened because I said what I had to say as clearly as I could say it. And that's as good as it could be. Now whether or not that's good, well it's good compared to all possible alternatives. All possible realistic alternatives. That's an article of faith, as far as I'm concerned. You know, our culture is predicated on the idea that truth in speech is of divine significance. It's the fundamental presupposition of our culture. Well, if you believe that, then you act it out. And you take the consequences. You're going to take the consequences one way or another, you know. So... You want the truth on your side? Or do you want to hide behind falsehoods?
0: So, Dr. Peterson had a lot of things to say right there that are very interesting about truth and the value of truth. He says, Whatever happens as a consequence of truth is the best thing that can happen. It doesn't matter if you feel like it's the best thing. In fact, you may not feel ever like it's the best thing, or it doesn't matter how it looks to you across the years. And he says that because he believes, as he stated in that clip with Tucker Carlson, that truth in speech is of divine significance. Truth is spoken about a lot by Jesus. Truth is, as I've said before, not opinion. When people say my truth, your truth, they're talking about opinion. They're not talking about objective truth. We have a battle in our culture now whether objective truth exists. Secular humanism would say that truth is to the individual. Whatever the individual wants, whatever the individual thinks, whatever the individual prioritizes, that is truth. Well, it's not truth. So I'm so troubled over this topic because this is how we get to a point where we ignore deaths like the two 24-year-old men who were shot to death in Linden on Saturday night and Amira Truss, who was shot to death in Pataskala. Because the truth that our culture is immersed in is police violence toward black people. The truth that People feel because they see a body cam video that is stark and so far outside their normal processing of their daily events that it makes an overwhelming impression on them, and they magnify it, and they multiply it, and they don't stop to think about how did we get to that situation, and we want to stop that situation, understandably, and so we blame People who we can blame because they happen to be there at the end, rather than looking backward at all, to the dysfunction that led to that situation. In an orderly society, what happened with Micaiah Bryant has to be viewed as essential because the officer's actions saved a person from at the very least being stabbed and possibly from being killed. And I'm not trying to say that anybody should be glad about Micaiah Bryant losing her life. What I'm talking about is, why aren't we talking about Amira Truss? Why aren't we talking about the two 24-year-old men? What happens thousands and thousands of times more often? Amira Truss and the two 24-year-old men in Linden or Micaiah Bryant? It's not even close, and yet people would have you believe the truth that the Micaiah Bryant-type situation happens all the time, and it doesn't. So, I'm so troubled about why we do nothing and pay no attention comparatively to Amira Truss. Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 7, when he talks about truth, and he talks about people who spread lies in our society, in our culture, in our um, world, and what those lies produce, they produce more lies, they produce more, more rancor, more anger, more corrupted thought. Verse 15, watch out for false prophets, people who spread lies. They come to you in sheep's clothing, not threatening. They look like a good person. They look like a pastor. They look like a community activist. They claim they're about change. They claim they're about good things. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, in their heart, they are ferocious wolves. So they're dangerous, maybe fatal. By their fruit, you will recognize them. What are they producing? Are they producing more anger? Are they producing strife? Are they producing error? Are they producing lies? By by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? The answer implied, of course, is no. He said, likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. So people who traffic in lies not in truth what are they what are we going to reap from that we're going to reap more lies we're going to reap more error more violence more dysfunction a good tree cannot bear bad fruit so somebody who speaks the truth that's good even though you may not feel it's good it may not sound good to you but it is good and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So he's saying there'll be a day of reckoning for all the people who are spreading lies and bad fruit. So when you hear these conversations, ask yourself, what kind of fruit is that? People calling for more violence? Is that a solution? Is that good? Is that something God would honor? Is that of the character of God? Do movements in our country that co-opt truth, bend it, reshape it, do those movements produce things that God would be glorified by? Do they produce love, understanding, peace, joy, harmony, fellowship, reason? Or do they produce anger, bitterness, rancor, accusations, blame, shame, guilt. You don't really need a degree to be a pretty talented, pretty accomplished fruit inspector. (laughs) You know, it's pretty apparent what some conversations are prioritizing, targeting, driving, fertilizing, and what truthful conversations are aimed at. But Jordan Peterson also is an instructive case. Here's a man who speaks truth. And it makes people uncomfortable. And it makes people mad. And it makes people target him. And I don't know what speaking truth will mean to you. I'm sure you have rolled this around in your mind and wondered And probably thought about how will I preserve my livelihood, my stature, my friendships, my associations, my reputation. What are you willing to do to stand for truth? What are you willing to sacrifice? There's a verse in Proverbs that says, when you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? You'll hear conversations in your normal daily routine about things that are in the news, about viewpoints that are postulated loudly, broadly. Is God calling you to kindly state truth? When you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? I could ask, how small is your faith? When you know the truth and don't speak it, what you're essentially saying is, I can do better protecting myself than you can, Lord. And I think you're also saying I'm not willing to engage in a battle that may decide the future of our culture. If we told the truth about dysfunction in our families, fathers fathering kids but not being a father to kids, about poor decisions in poor communities, drug drug use, this, that, the other. If we spoke the truth about those things, would we help people? Could we prevent more Amira trusses, more deaths like the two 24-year-old men in Linden who won't get a headline, who won't get a movement, won't get a GoFundMe? Where can we make the most difference, and how can we make the most difference? It's a personal choice. I just was so impacted by the death of Amira Tress because I look at her picture, and I see this innocent little girl with a big hoop earrings in a restaurant having a great day, and I think of Jesus saying, let the little children come to me and don't hinder them. And I feel so bad for her family and for her community because she has every right to be remembered in the, in the detail, with the detail, and with the shared sense of outrage over her death that we devoted to Mekhi Bryant. I um, don't want to lose our culture to liars. They're loud. They got power. They're getting more every day. And I don't know what the cost will be. I watched an English pastor in England led away in handcuffs the other day. I watched a man in Scotland had the authorities break into his house, took his kids away from him. He has no idea where his kids are. The authorities don't know where his kids are because once they put them in the foster system in Ireland, they don't tell you where they are because they've obviously taken them away from you for a reason. Is that going to happen here? I don't know. Is it impossible that it would happen here? No, it's happening there. But we are called to be faithful, and we are called to speak truth. And We are told by Jesus that those who deny him before men, he will deny before his Father in heaven. And while some of the fates that could happen here are really scary and really unpleasant, the most scary fate to me would be to have him deny me before God the Father. So this was what was on my heart today, and so I shared it with you because I thought it was what I was being asked to share. And so with that, I will uh, say farewell, and I'll talk to you again on Friday.